On today's top four review, we are back, baby. Boys are back. We took a little holiday break to spend time with our families, spend a shitload of money, gain five to ten pounds each, and luckily watch some football while we're at it. Uh, And we honestly hope that our listeners are able to do the same. I'm your host, Andrew Scanlon, Liverpool supporter, and I'm joined by my brother, Stephen Scanlon, and fellow Red. Welcome back, Stephen. Good to be back. Another great week for Liverpool. Three wins. Uh, you know, our rivals dropped some points, so another great day to be a Red. It's always a great day to be a Red this year. Um, we're also joined by Chelsea supporter Paul Hogan. How was the break, Paul? It was fantastic. Thankfully, we were not one of the teams that dropped points. Thankfully, yes. You guys are still in fourth place, but uh, hanging on by a hair. Uh, I think United and Spurs are catching up, but uh, we have an incredible show today. We have so, so much to cover and get through. So let's start with league, league, league leaders, Liverpool. Um, over this holiday break, we're going to do a quick recap of the holiday break. Liverpool had four wins. They beat Monterey. They beat uh, Flamengo and the Club World Cup. They beat Leicester, the second place team, 4 nothing. They beat Wolves the other day, one nothing. Uh, in somewhat controversial fashion, but they're world champions. They c- completed the international treble. They're 13 point gap ahead with a game in hand. Um, they're unbeaten at Anfield in 2019. And dare I say, I can smell the Premier League title. Mm-hmm. Steven, we saw another trophy for Liverpool. Um, Four nothing win over, over Leicester. Yeah, I mean, it's an unbelievable week. You know, we, we lifted the Club World Cup trophy. Uh, first time Liverpool's ever won that. So it's nice to add it to, uh, you know, <clears throat> into our cabinet. The 4 nothing win over Leicester. I don't know if many people saw, you know, a bloodshed like that happening. I mean, they absolutely trounced them from the opening whistle. Um, I even mentioned, you know, uh, on the prior episode that Leicester cannot afford to start slow against Liverpool yep. and where they go out and do they start slow against Liverpool and that's what happens and I uh, got grounded out uh, yeah, result against Wolves which was great too um, really they got really unlucky with VAR but you know one thing I want to touch on too um, when it comes to the Club World Cup is a lot of people are giving Liverpool slack for you know celebrating like we have for winning that trophy but you know what are you supposed to do when you're in that situation are you supposed to just show up and, and not really give a crap and just purposely lose right away and then get criticized for losing to a bad team like, I, you're kind of in a lose-lose situation there. So, I don't really get all the um, hate coming to Liverpool for winning that. Well, you just don't don't act like you just won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not acting like we won the World Cup. But I mean, like, what are, what are we supposed to do? Like, we, we, win that, we win that trophy, and then they hand us a trophy, and we just say, oh, okay, cool, thanks, and let's walk off the field. Like, that's a disrespect to that entire tournament as a whole. Like, yeah, it's not that, bi- that big of a deal when you're looking at – um, English football and everything, but you got to, you know, at least, you know, give that, give the tournament some, you know, respect and celebrate like you did just win the trophy. Um, so that's just kind of, yeah, I mean, it. I think it's more haters are going to hate. That's what, that's what's going to happen right now. I mean, we did complete the international <laughs> treble, as I said, the club world cup, that's UEFA champions league. And that's the super cup against Paul's precious Chelsea. So, I mean, that's, that's a very rare feat to, to accomplish in English football. I don't think many teams have done that. Um, so obviously the haters are going to come out with full force and then try to try to keep us down. Yeah. Yeah. I think the issues were more with the Liverpool fans than the team itself. Yeah, that's fair. Liverpool Twitter can be a little, uh, <laughs> a little contentious sometimes. I mean, Twitter and Twitter in general is a very hostile environment. So, yeah. But Paul, from an outsider standpoint, do you, uh, can anybody catch the Reds? Well, to be fair, you guys have had some epic slip-ups. We have. No, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but it's not happening. You guys are going to win the title. I mean, we're 14 points ahead of City with a game in hand. I, I mean, just looking at Leicester over the weekend and over this holiday break, I don't think they have it in us to catch it or in, in, in them to catch us, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but no, I, I completely yeah. agree. I think, I think Liverpool are on a fast track, but Steven, just going to that, um, the next four games, I think will be very critical here. We have Sheffield Spurs United and Wolves four huge games. And I mean, just going off of what Paul said, do you think they can, if they get through that, do you think they're crown champions? Yeah. So I, 
Um, I'm not ready to crown Liverpool champions yet. I mean, there's 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 been three teams since the Premier League era that have had a ten point lead going into Christmas and have blown it, and all three of them were our boys in red. Uh, <laughs> so I, I know I know I know we have a game in hand. We're up by thir- we're up thirteen right now. But yes, I do think this next four game stretch is going to be the make or break. As long as we can get through with no major injuries to you know somebody like uh, you know Van Dyke or Mane, something like that. And you know maybe come away three wins and a draw something like that. Then I'd be then at that point I'd be comfortable to say yeah it's looking really good for us. For me, for me it's like somebody's got to get hot to catch them. Yeah. And we'll get into Leicester, but they don't really seem to be ready to take that step. And City aren't the city that we've seen in the past. So. Yeah, kind of going off that, I think that we've said in previous episodes that once Laporte comes back, maybe we'll see City go on a little bit of a, of a run, but. Um, they just haven't looked. They still got. Yeah, they time. just haven't looked yeah. themselves recently, though. So, um, but no, I think I think Liverpool are hitting their stride at the perfect time. They have 14 goals against right now, which is now the league best after their thrashing of Leicester City. Um, and now with Joe Gomez in the side alongside Van Van Dyke, we have four consecutive Premier League clean sheets. So I mean, these guys yeah. are really hitting their stride. The defense is incredible. You have a guy like Trent Alexander-Arnold really pushing forward on the attack as well. Andy Robertson is doing his thing, and the front three seem to be clicking. So, I mean, I don't think anybody can put a foot in the wrong place right now, and that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I, I love to see as a Red supporter. Definitely. And um, you brought up Joe Gomez there, and, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk with how good he's been playing recently uh, among Liverpool fans, like who'd rather have starting Gomez or Matip when he's healthy. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think it. I think it is Gomez, just because he. I think he just adds us a little bit of a different dimension on defense, especially next to Van Dyke with his pace. You know, he's oh, yeah. he's just so fast, and he's able to cover for Trent um, when he gets uh, you know stuck sucked up too high um, going forward. So he's he's fast enough to cover for him, cover that corner spot. Um, and I just think Matty, he does have the height, especially on the corner kicks, which is helpful. But I'd rather have a guy like Gomez defensively. Yeah, probably stronger on the ball as well. Uh, as much as I agree, I think Joe Gomez in the long run is is the starter there. But Matip, before he got injured, he was his statistics were looking a lot True. like Virgil True. Van Dyke's. But you could season. also say that about pretty much any of the three center backs that have played alongside Van Dyke. I mean, Lovren came in and was outstanding. You know, I thought he was a, I thought he was going to find his form again and find his place, and he goes off injured, unfortunately. But no, I mean, I think another yeah. guy who has he's been an unsung hero real quick has been uh, Jordan Henderson as well. He's really just been, like, Captain Fantastic for us. He's just filling in that Fabinho role. Like, he wasn't even ever on the team. It's, just, it's unbelievable. He's just doing great things in there, and he's really just pushing us forward and at the perfect time as well. Yeah, him and also, uh, really quick, Nabi Kaita. He, we're finally, finally, finally starting to see the guy that we thought we were buying. He's he, game in and game out, whether he's starting or he's coming off the bench. He's putting in a good run every single time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but moving on to second place, Leicester City. Uh, over the holiday break, we said in the last episode that we'd really find out who this Leicester City team was. They played City, Liverpool, and West Ham. And from that, they had a loss, a loss, and a win. They're still second. Um um, but they, I, I just think that they lack that, that top quality and that depth. And I think that was pretty apparent when they played city and, uh, and Liverpool, but it, overall it was, a, it's been a great 2019 for Rogers and Lester. I think that, um, maybe a January transfer window and the summer transfer window, you'll see some guys come in, maybe some guys go out, add, add to that depth and, and some quality. But, um, but yeah, Paul, I mean, like I said, we, we found out a lot about this team. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think depth is a big issue for them. As much as they can kind of plug one or two guys in up front, they don't really have that uh, ability in back. Yeah. <clears throat> and not that the guys they have in back aren't good. They're having a great season. But, um, you know, just helps to keep guys fresh and at their best for these big games. And – yeah, I think you know they make a few moves. I don't see I, I don't see them leaving the top four. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they've been playing really, really well this season. But like you said, I think you, you have a guy like Johnny Evans as your sunny as your center back. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. He's just <laughs> he's been having a great season. I'll be I'll be fair and frank about that. But it's just going to catch up with them eventually. 
And you saw that against City and Liverpool. I mean, they just couldn't keep up. They were just outmatched. Yeah. Yep. But, um, Stephen, I mean, do you see Leicester still being able to challenge Liverpool this year and, and kind of chase them down? Or can they hold on to a top four spot with City and, and Chelsea and Spurs and United chomping at their heels? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't think they can challenge Liverpool at this point. I think the three to one loss to City and then losing to Liverpool four nothing. Um, that kind of highlights, in my opinion, kind of where they are right now. And it, it's still great, you know. It's still a really good season for them. Uh, I think Rogers has done a good job. But I mean, this this top four, the second half is going to be really, really interesting because all those teams you mentioned. And I'm also going to put Wolves in there, too. I think Wolves could fight for a top four spot. But Wolves and Leicester have a little bit of the same problem. You guys talked about the depth issue. Um, You know, one of the things I kind of want to bring up, and it's no disrespect, but um, I just don't know if Brandon Rodgers is like a championship type of a, you know, championship type of a coach. I think Leicester is like a perfect team for him because I think he is the guy that you want to bring in to overachieve with what you have. And I think he can have Leicester be uh, you know, a team that could finish anywhere from third to sixth every single year. But I just don't know. Like it seems like every time that uh, Brandon Rogers has a big game, you know, he he misses it up somehow. Like when Leicester lost uh, three to one to City, he brought out the same exact lineup, same system, same everything when he went to Liverpool and then lost four nothing. You know what I mean? And you, you have to be smart enough to make some sort of adjustment there. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention again, especially against the uh, the Liverpool game. Um, he just gave Trent Alexander-Arnold so much space. I mean, you just saw Madison just tucked in constantly, and he did try to prevent that pass out wide, but it was so easy for Henderson or Gomez or Van Dyke to just chip it over Madison or Vardy or whoever's trying to prevent that pass, and Trent has a clear lane all the way basically to the 18-yard box. I mean, I'll give Trent a, a round of applause. He played great, but I think part of that was because of Rogers, Rogers' tactics, he just didn't adjust in during the game. Agreed. But um, but yeah, Paul, what is what is what does Brendan Rodgers have to do to keep the team going? I mean, we kind of mentioned January. Do you think that's on the table? Yeah, I think I think they need to bring in a few more uh, quality players for them. Um, it's not about it's just bringing in the right, right. players. Uh, and Brendan Rodgers, he might be able to do that. He, he's a, a little bit more of a name than they've had as a coach. And he might have some connections. You know, he's he's been coaching uh, other other places for top teams. Yeah, I think he scouted but, Barcelona. Um, or was, was He did something over there. He was part of that coaching yeah. staff or he would sit in on sessions, something like that. So they got that going for him. But also, I agree with you guys, he needs to – you know, he hasn't been with this team the whole season. True. So I think he's still figuring it out the team and what he has and who he can kind of play where. He's he's gotten more out of Ihe Nacho than past managers have, which I was happy to see because I think he's a quality player. Um but yeah, we'll see. You you meant he he hasn't been with the team the whole year, right? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, so, so I think we're all in agreement that he he needs to prove himself. I think that's what it is. I mean, he had that stint at Liverpool where he had that great season, and now, now he's up at the top again with Leicester. I think he needs to start pulling the triggers and showing how uh, great of a manager he can be um, and what better place at Leicester. But uh, moving on to third-place team, Manchester City. Over the holiday break, we, uh, again, saw them play against Leicester, Wolves and Sheffield, a pretty difficult lineup. And out of that, they saw a win, a loss, and a win. Um, they have a 14 point gap behind Liverpool now, and Liverpool does have a game in hand, as we mentioned. Um, they've closed the gap on Leicester down to one point now, but like I said earlier, they, they still don't look themselves. Um, Steven, two wins and a loss to Wolves for City. I think they probably should have won that game against Wolves. Yeah, they definitely should have won the game against Wolves. Uh, you know, I, I watched the entirety of that game. Uh, you know, it, it was pretty good. I thought you know, City was the better team playing. Um, but for, for some reason, at the end of the game, you know, Wolves, uh, City just shut off at the end there. I mean, the fact that they were up 2 nothing, and I, I understand that they were a man down after after 10 minutes. But when you're up 2 nothing, 
there there's no way you should be you should be losing that game. It should be all hands on deck defensively. Yeah, park the but bus. <laughs> Trey Ore absolutely dominated that game. I mean, the way he just threw Mendy out of the club <laughs> to, yeah. to, to get the ball there. And first of all, if, you, if you're Mendy, that's the perfect time to to, to flop because I think if he goes down, he yeah, go down, get, buddy. He's going to get the call there. Yeah. But what the hell was he thinking, holding on to the ball for as long as he did? Like he, he's in the box. He takes one touch looking down. He thinks he's going to clear it. And then he looks up for like three seconds. Like, all right, where am I going to pass it? And then he looks back down at the ball. And by the time, by the time that happens. Yeah, just, just, just clear un- the ball. Yeah, just, just clear the ball out at that point. Well, and, and it just blows my mind how much money um, uh, Guardiola has spent at left back and they still can't get it right. It seems like it's just a carousel at this point with all four of those guys just in and out. Yeah, he, he's a big boy. He's not used to being pushed around. Mendy? Yeah, yeah, I was surprised to see him just get tossed. But, I mean, Triori is basically like a middle Triori is an absolute beast. Oh, yeah. my God. But, Paul, I mean, something that we've seen Pep trying to do recently is putting players in different roles. I mean, we saw – we started to see Bernardo Silva in the midfield. Uh, I think against Wolves, Mars was playing as a 10 at one point. Sterling was playing as striker. And then he brings in this 18-year-old Eric Garcia as center back, who actually did pretty well, but – um, you can clearly see that he's trying to figure out this city team this year, and um, I'm not sure if he's going to figure it out. Yeah, I think um, I think more he's he's starting to play towards next season in the future, and um, integrate some of these young guys and play guys in other positions, and just kind of uh, you know take this time to kind of make the team better and figure out some new tactics and make some changes so that they can possibly win another title next season. Yeah. I mean, when it, for me, I, I do like Pep, but I think it's his arrogance is finally catching up with him. And when you think that you can put center midfielders as a center back and, you know, you're putting outside wing backs uh, as your left back, it's just, I think it's finally catching up with them. Um, it's, it's not working this season and, I think this. I think this is a well, true, true test for Pep to see how great of a manager he is. And right now, I think he's he's losing out to Jurgen Klopp, in my opinion. No, there's no question about it. And I think we've seen, you know, different times during uh, previous seasons in the Prem, we've seen these, you know, issues with him being a little overconfident and it coming to back to bite him in yeah. the ass. But this season, the injuries just absolutely put it put it right. That's on true. The I mean, I will give him the injury uh, the injury card. But um, once once Laporte's back, you know, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. But uh, lucky, luckily for Pep, Stephen, he does have Kevin De Bruyne. Um, this guy is just carrying the squad. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked talked a little bit about it last episode, but I think he and Saudi Omani are hands above everybody else in the league right now, and obviously throwing Van Dyke, you know, as a defender. But um, when he, when he's when he's clicking, he, I mean, it's beautiful to watch his game. And right now, he's really putting the team on his back, um, and it's really, it's honestly really cool to see because um, you know, with especially with uh, Hazard leaving last year, you know, people kind of talking a little shit about the Premier League not being as good as it once was, and especially with how congested the middle of the table is now. You're kind of hearing a lot more of that. But, yeah, when this guy's playing, it's so nice to watch him because even on a Man City team, he stands out, even on a, a team that good. So, yeah, he really does. Really cool. Yeah, he just he's just pulling all the yeah. strings for them. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm biased towards Mane, but I think I do have to give player of the year to De Bruyne right at this time. He has wow. seven goals, but he has 14 assists already. It's like – Jeez. He it's yeah. unbelievable what he's doing for this team and he's just pulling the pulling the squad along by the scruff of the neck and, and just getting the job done. Um I think if you have this guy in your squad on your squad, you're you're easily up to win every game. I mean and going back to the uh, Guardiola stuff, I mean I also feel like, you know, because of the injuries, obviously he has to play guys out of position. But I mean, we know David Silva's leaving. Um, there's rumors that Fernandinho might be leaving at the end of the year. So yeah. I also, I also, oh, think he's gone. gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. So I also think that he he wants to see like, huh, I wonder if Bernardo can play in the center midfield role. Like I want, like, I think he's trying to figure out where he's going to invest the ton of money that we know he's going to spend in the summer. Where right. he's going to put that? 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what he does. Like I said, I, I love Pep, but I just uh, I think I think Jurgen is the better manager. <laughs> <laughs> but Hobie, yep. we're gonna move to Chelsea. Um, over the holiday break, we Let's saw go. Spurs, Southampton, and Arsenal go, come against the Blues. Um, a win against Spurs, loss to Southampton, and then a win against Arsenal. For me, it's a tale of of two teams with Chelsea, right? They're, you know, I think they're pretty inconsistent for the most part, but they were great against Spurs. Then they lose to Southampton, and they didn't look at their best against Arsenal. But luckily, Arsenal is in that transitional phase, and you know, new manager, and you know, Leno misses an easy Mustafi. punch, and Mustafi goes in. <laughs> yeah, Mustafi, David Luiz. Yeah, you did earn it at the end with that Tammy goal, but uh, I mean, it, inconsistency seems to be the issue with you guys. Yeah, we, of late, it seems like no matter where we're playing, it's just we're alternating win-loss every game. And we win against the top teams and we lose against the bottom teams. There's no rhyme or reason. But um, we've, you know, been trying some different formations out. And Frank, I think, is just trying to figure out how we can stop conceding goals and nothing seems to be working, but um, absolutely great wins against Spurs and Gunners. Uh, And, um, you know, some of the formation stuff comes from playing so well against Spurs. Yeah. What was the, what was the formation? It was three, four, three, right. Or something like that. Yeah. Like a three, four, two, one. Uh, Which, Jose, you know, called him out for a little bit after the game and said Conte. he's holding yeah. on other, other <laughs> of course Jose's gonna do that. tactics. Yeah. But um no, he it's it's definitely a different formation from Conte and previous managers. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think we'll see too much of that formation going forward after the Arsenal game we had to uh, change it up and thankfully he did. And it worked out well. Yeah. I mean, I was just so impressed with you guys against Spurs. I actually had picked Spurs to win that game. Um, But you know, that adjustment to formation really seemed to work out with you guys. But I mean, Aspilicueta as a, as a wing back doesn't really seem to work. And with Reese James out, um, this kid Lamptey though, seems to be definitely a good prospect. I don't know if you saw him come on against Arsenal. Yeah, he uh, he's like 18 yeah. years old. He's a real quick uh, kid. He he played really well, and um, he actually – I believe it was a back four he played in. Yeah. But, yeah, one for the future for sure. Uh, we'll definitely see be seeing more of him. And I think with him and Reese James and we have another guy, Ian Madsen, uh, coming up they're going to be kind of the future of our outside backs. Yeah. I mean, you guys have one of the best youth, if not the best youth system in the country. So, I mean, <laughs> these guys just come on, come on trees, I guess, for, for the team. So, um, no, I mean, if, if Frank's willing to give, give these kids an opportunity, then, then have at it. Cause they've definitely in their spot. It yeah. seems like, but, um, but Steven yep. is, is Frank finding it difficult to manage in the premier league or is it just kind of, the holiday season where there's so many games that there's some fatigue or what is it? I mean, I think, it's, I think it's all the above. I mean, Hogan said it really well, just with the different formations all the time. You know, I think it's hard to, when you keep changing your formation, it's hard to figure out who's going to be the right person in each cog in the system. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, we talked about, we always talk about the transfer ban with him. Like, you know, they weren't able to bring in, you know, anybody other than pool sitch. Um, and then just the, the, that lack of depth, ultimately, you know what I mean? It's, especially with Loftus-Cheek still out. Like, I, th- I think he's still trying to figure out who he wants other than Kovacic in the midfield guy on a consistent basis. Uh, personally, I think, you know, Jorginho's, Jorginho had a great week, so I think we'll see a lot more of him. But And then, you know, combine that with just having a young team in general. You know, there's going to be the ups and downs. There's going to be the growing pains. And, and Frank, you know, he's still trying to figure it out too. But – you know, one thing I will say was really cool to to watch him um, manage against Mourinho. You know, it is you know the teacher versus the student because obviously they had such Master a great relationship. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wax on, <laughs> wax off. You know, all that stuff. So, um, so I thought that was a really cool thing to see. But no, in the end, I mean, he's still trying to figure it out. You know, and I think 
he does need to figure out maybe one or two formations that he likes and then kind of stick with that. To me, it seems like the, um, what is it? The, the four, three, three. I mean, if you, the, yeah, I think the four, three, three doesn't really work too well for you. Um, but I would love to get Paul's opinion on what, um, what he thinks is the best way to go. Yeah, it's tough. Cause, um, we looked so good against Spurs. They weren't ready for the, uh, the three, four, two, one. And then, um, ever since we've used it, we tried against Southampton, obviously lost that game, tried against Arsenal, started in that formation and went down one, nothing. Then we switched back to a four, three, three and ended up winning against Arsenal. I think at this point, um, we have to go – we at least have to start the game in a 4-3-3 mm-hmm. um, just because our midfield, that's one of the – probably the strength of our team. And having Jorginho, Kovacic, and N'Golo Conte all together, it's just a great dynamic midfield. Um, so I think they all need to be on the field at least to start, and then you can change it from there. I do like – Personally, I love the three, four, two, one. When I play FIFA, <laughs> that's my go-to yeah, but formation you're, you're every time. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, when I played, I was good. Yeah. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't think it's tough to like switch between the two, be, just because you need different personnel. Um, but. I like that he's changing it up. He's trying different things. It's something that our previous managers haven't done under Maurizio Sarri and um, Antonio Conte. Yeah, I just think Frank needs to find that ability to grind out results, right? I mean, that was one of the issues with – I'll speak from experience with, with Liverpool. You know, when Klopp first joined, um, he they performed really well against the big teams. You know, we they – those big teams would always play right into our hands, right? It was a very counterattacking football. But when we had a game against someone who was going to park the bus or the low block, whatever you want to call it, um, we would struggle. And I think Chelsea's kind of at that point too. So I think with reinforcements maybe coming yep. in in January and in the summer, um, you'll see this team turn around. And honestly, like, you guys have been outperforming in my eyes for the most part. You guys are in fourth place Agreed. by four points. You know, you, you still look good. You're a young squad. You didn't have a you had a transfer ban over the summer. I thought you guys were going to be outside the top four easily, um, and you've clearly proven me wrong so far this season. Obviously, a lot of games to play. Um, hopefully, no injuries happen, but I think you guys look really, really good going forward. So I think once Frank figures it out, once the defense gets solid, um, I mean, top four is easy. Nice words. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a fan, dude. I used to hate Chelsea, but Frank and the and the young squad have, have gotten me turning my head. So. Um, but, but real quick, Paul, I'll give you some, some quick notes here. Um, any positives or negatives, uh, for the second half of the seasons that you're looking forward to, whether that's transfers or or whatever. Yeah, definitely looking forward to getting some transfers in. Um, hopefully Nathan Ake, uh, hopefully Jaden Sancho, if not in January in the summer. I think it would be in the summer, but yeah. Yeah, likely to be. But otherwise, um, yeah, it's an exciting young team. It seems like every game there's something new that either, you know, we find out about a player that they can do or, you know, a new storyline. Yeah. So it's just been fun. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in the second half of the season. But move, moving on to, to United, um, over the holiday break, we saw them play against Watford, Newcastle, and Burnley. They had a loss against Watford and then two wins against Newcastle and Burnley. Um, I thought it seemed like a pretty pretty easy three games for United. Um, they lost to regulation-bound Watford. But I will say that Watford has kind of turned around under Nigel Pearson. I think they've looked a lot better. Um, and then they easily beat yeah. Newcastle after some some early mistakes from, from Toon's side. Um, and then they beat Burnley. But uh, they're currently sitting fifth. They're four back from Chelsea. Um, Steven, I mean, we, we said, I think, a week or two ago that Teams have kind of figured out how to defend against United with that low block, but have United started to figure out how to beat those teams with, you know, Martial getting on the score sheet? 
Mason no. Greenwood? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so at all. No, I mean, um, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to troll them or you know anything like that. Like, I just truly don't think they have figured it out yet. I mean, if you watch that Newcastle game, I understand the final scoreline was four to one, but they literally got gifted every single one of those goals. Like uh, every single one was either off of a, a Newcastle mistake or it was a def- or it was mm-hmm. a deflection goal. Um, the the hit that was a deflection was the guy fired it, but I. Um, again, you know, deflection changes directions that fast, uh, kind of a gift there too. So um, I think that game could have been a lot different if the Newcastle back line just didn't have so many um, terrible passes to just set up Man U so yeah, perfectly. That second goal was so bad. It was really, really bad. So, I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, it's nice to see Martial, um, you know, put a string of games together and actually putting up some goals and assists, but um, one thing mm-hmm. I one thing I want to just be adamant about again and again it was clear after these three games is that Mason Greenwood needs to be starting over Lingard. Lingard is completely trash bags. He's not even a hefty trash bag. He's like that really cheap one that you get that rips right when you put it into the the garbage can. <laughs> he's he's awful. He's awful. He is absolutely awful, and I don't understand why he keeps getting minutes because I and um and then the cherry on top of it for me was the fact that Holland is now going to Dortmund and not going to United. So perfect. Yeah, that's great. That's so great. He might end up going there eventually, but uh, I'm glad that he, that he does not go in there this time. But um, quick stat for you, Jesse Lingard in 2019, the entire year. So second half of last season, first half of this season, zero goals and zero assists. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a bomb. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So bad. But, uh, but Paul, as Stephen kind of alluded to it, I mean, Martial, three goals in the past two games. Is he finally finding form? Now, I think he has seven goals overall. Yeah, I mean, he's well overdue, in my opinion. He's supposed to be a world-class player. Yep. And he really hasn't looked it for United. Um, but they absolutely need him to be in this form to not only score but create. Right. And um, help out Rashford a little bit. But I agree with Steven. I don't think they're out of the woods by any means. I don't think I – th- I still think uh, Holland would have been a great signing for them because he could play that center striker position and Rashford and Martial could play the wings instead of, um, you know, both of them. Kind yeah, of he'd be kind of like a Tammy. Tammy Abraham, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what they need. Yeah, I mean, just going off that, their next – Three of five games, they play Arsenal uh, on Wednesday. They play Liverpool, and they play Manchester City. So definitely some big games coming up. We'll find out a lot about them. And, yeah. I mean, that where they yeah. are on the table, it's really compact. Um, you know, yeah. I think they have 31 points. And, you know, the guys like Sheffield and Wolves have 29, 28. So a couple of slip-ups, and they're back down to seventh or eighth. So. Um, but Steven, something I've been seeing so much on Twitter is that Mason Greedwood is a general or a generational talent, right? You, you know, you have <laughs> Kylian Mbappe, definitely a generational talent. Trent Alexander-Arnold, definitely a, trener- a generational talent. This kid has three goals in the Premier League this, this season. He does have 10 goals in all competitions, but he has played like League Three teams. I mean, is this kid a generational talent? Um, I don't know if he is generational. I mean, he's definitely a really, really good player. Um, and he's going to have a really big role on this team. I mean, he's only 18 years old, right? So he's still really young. So I think he can, you know, potentially be, you know, a, a generational player. But I just don't think we've seen enough yet. You know, it's only been, um, it's only been what, like half of a season that we've really seen him play. So I, I just don't think it, we've seen enough of a sample size to be able to say, yeah, he's a generational talent. I think we can say this kid's going to be a heck of a player, but, you know, is he going to be uh, the Mbappe level? It's too early to tell. Yeah, and he – the one thing I do love about him is he can shoot the ball. Oh, he can yeah. absolutely strike a ball. Like we said about that second goal against Newcastle, it was deflected, but that was an absolute rocket. And I read a, uh, an article mm-hmm. about him on The Athletic about how he was coming up through the, through the ranks at United. And it's just a really impressive story if you get the chance to read it. But, um, but yeah. I mean, one thing I, one thing I will say, too, um, just about the whole Man United thing in general yep. is that it, it's, it, it 
seems that every single the, the past like three transfer windows, it seems like they keep being linked with every single big name that's possibly available, and then they don't get any of them. So, and I, and I think <laughs> I think this window, um, because of how congested it is, and I, I've said this a lot on the uh, on the podcast, but whoever wins the transfer window is probably going to win themselves a top four spot because of how close it is right now. Yeah, that's that's yep. a good take. I, I will say though that I mean, last summer they did get Harry Maguire and Aaron Wambasaka. I think that the whole transfer thing with United is like they're, I I dare say one of the, if if not the biggest team, the second biggest team behind Liverpool in the country. Um, so they're always going to be linked with those big name players. They're like the Barcelona and the Real Madrid and the Bayern Munich. They're always linked with those big name players in the transfer mm-hmm. window. Mm-hmm. That's but true. no, I completely agree with you. Whoever wins this transfer window will will definitely rise the ranks and, and get into the top four. I'm can't wait to see what the top four is going to look like at the end of the year. Oh yeah, and uh, the, the last thing I wanted to say about United is um, you know I've been on Twitter a lot this last week and keep seeing the comparisons of you know who's better, Trent or Juan Pesaka, you know stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, as a just just as a fan of the Premier League and a fan of Liverpool and a fan of English soccer. Like, I am so pumped for the next 10 years that we, we're going to be able to watch Trent Alexander-Arnold, Aaron wan Pasaka, and Reese James. I mean, it's, we have three really good right backs in, in the league, and it's going to be so fun to watch these guys develop. And it is perfectly okay to say that Trent is significantly better going forward and that wan Pasaka is better at defense. It is okay to say that. It's perfectly fine, everyone. Amen. Yeah, but, but Trent's better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think the, I think the gap between Trent's no, and, no, I'm just, I'm just, I know, I know, you. but I think, I think the, the gap between Trent's offense and Basaka and Juan Basaka's offense is greater than the gap between Juan Basaka's defense and Trent's defense. Agreed. Uh, moving on to Spurs. Over the holiday break, we saw them play against Chelsea, Brighton, and Norwich. Uh, not the greatest three games for them. They lost to Chelsea beat Brighton, and drew against Norwich, uh, bottom side Norwich. Um, I think Mourinho has started to find life a little difficult in London with that loss to Chelsea. He did beat Brighton, like I said. Um, but they were surpassed by United for fifth. So, um, Paul, they've kind of cooled off after Mourinho's great start. Yeah, that new manager bump starting to wear off. And Jose's... Jose's starting to see the Spurs going Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I think uh, they'll be fine. This you know he's going to have some ups and downs, especially with that team. There's so much going on with uh, possible departures and people they're linked with and all of that. But we'll see. He's got a lot of work ahead of him. There's no question. Yeah, but, I mean, something with Jose, uh, Steven, has been his defensive prowess, you know. He's just been this defensive mastermind for the most part. Um, but in the past seven games since he's joined Spurs, they've had 12 goals allowed. Mm-hmm. And they're 0-2 against the top six. So, I mean, what does he have to do here? Does he dip into the transfer market in January, something that Spurs aren't really renowned for doing? Um, does he change up the system? What does he do? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the the thing defensively is that he doesn't have the guys that he that, that he wants ultimately uh, that that mm-hmm. fits his system. I mean, we we keep seeing him run out Vertonghen at left back, so I, I always find that to be very interesting. Um, and I I don't think he loves his outside backs. Um, you know, personally, I'm I'm kind of a question mark over uh, Davinson Sanchez. I kind of just think he's okay. I think they could upgrade that spot a little bit too. Um, so I think ultimately it's it's really the guy is not fitting the system that he wants to run, and I do think that he might only go and get one person in January, and then you know invest more in the summer. Uh, spot on, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, sir. Paul, as a you know, as having Jose as your former manager, do you think he do you think he gets through this, or does he? Do we see what happened to him at United and Chelsea, and you know all the other teams where he just kind of crumbles in the end? No, I think he'll he'll make through this season at the at the very least, and he'll go into next season. I think um, he's going to get a fair shot at turning this team into whatever his um, 
his heart's content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever he, he thinks his vision should be. All right, we're well, mo- moving on to their London rivals, Arsenal. Um, they've been a very uh, hot topic of debate recently. Um, over the holidays, they played Everton, Bournemouth, and Chelsea. They drew against Everton, drew against Bournemouth, and then lost to Chelsea. Um, Mikel Arteta is the new manager, and I, I think that personally – the side looks much more improved. Um, we're starting to see passion out of the team. We're seeing desire. Um, guys actually want to play. They're going into tackles hard. Um, and I think I think Arteta needs time. And I overall, I think that he is going to be a great manager for Arsenal. I mean, he played there. He knows the club. He knows the fans. I just think he needs time to get to know the players, um, implement his system. And overall, I think they'll bounce back. But, I mean, Steve, would you, would you agree with that? Or do you think uh, they needed somebody else for the job? And no, I think I don't think they were going to get anyone better than Arteta. I mean, the fact that Ancelotti chose to go to Everton over them, I think that's that's kind of a, a red flag, number one. Um, but, I, I, I mean, he would have been my choice if I was Arsenal, uh, to be honest. And to be mm-hmm. fair, um, you know, a club legend, but also being, being able to learn under Guardiola. He had the respect from the the city players, so I do think it's uh, it was the right move for Arsenal. But I will say I don't think it was the right move for Arteta. I don't think he I don't think the situation is good because, he, like you said, he's gonna need time. He's gonna need to bring be able to bring in the guys that he wants to bring in, get rid of the dead weight. And I honestly I don't know if he's gonna have enough time to do that. Um, I, I read an article today that Aubameyang is already asking out, and hopefully, even in, he, hopefully for him, he wants to move out in January. So if, if he's gone, then he's even more screwed. But um, no, I think, like you said, we definitely saw an improvement since he took over. They definitely should have won that Chelsea game, in my opinion. I think if if Lano doesn't make that mistake, they end up they end up holding off for the victory. But it, you you could tell the moment he made that mistake. All of this, all of the wind came out of Arsenal's sails, and they're like, "Oh my God, here we go again!" And yeah. that's exactly what happened. So it's going to take time to, uh, you know, really change their mindset and get his style of game, you know, back into the Arsenal way. Yeah, I mean, Paul, you were watching that Chelsea game. What were what were Arsenal doing right against you guys? Oh boy, I mean, first of all, because of our formation, they had. Lots of space and time in the midfield. Uh, Ozio looked like his old self back in the day. Um, He was pulling the strings, and they were just with their speed up front, counter-attacking us very well, and and really just controlling the game in general. Um, Arteta got his tactics spot on to start the game. Uh, And David Luiz looked great, of course. Um, It was just like everything coming together for him. And then, of course, Bernard Lino. Jesus. With a terrible, with a howler. And there it is. Everybody's back with their heads down. And, yeah. you know, you can't help but feel bad for us. Well, a cool thing at the end of the game was, you know, you saw a lot of the Arsenal players on the ground after the loss at, at full time. Uh, but Arteta literally, right after the whistle, after he shakes hands with Frank, he goes out onto the field, you know, he's picking players up, he's embracing them, he's giving them words of encouragement. I mean, this kid, um, Bukayu Saka, he, the left back, mm-hmm. he, I think he's a very promising talent, well. talent for them. So he was one of the guys on the ground, you know, get the spirits lifted. That's what this new manager Arteta can do. Um, and I mean, I think, it, I think there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of improvement that's needed from Arsenal, but this is just a, a really good start by Arteta, not from a performance or not from a results standpoint, but from a performance standpoint and a morale standpoint. Yeah, attitude. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, Steven, at the end of the season, where do you think they finish? Uh, honestly, <laughs> they're going to finish somewhere out, outside of Europe, but in the top half of the table, somewhere in that range. I just, I just, I think they're going to start playing a lot better under Arteta, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to play on that same consistent same consistency that we expect from the Liverpools, the cities, Chelsea, and even now Wolves and Leicester, you know, like you can always trust them to have a good game. Um, and I don't think that you can look at Arsenal right now and say that. Paul. At best, I see sixth. Yeah. Um, I don't see them cracking the top four at tough. all either. 
Yeah, they're they're just they're in a tough spot with trying to make up points now, and then you throw in Arteta being the new manager, and I think I I think and I hope he got some um, guarantees for time and oh, he, um, yeah, money most of. for his for his job. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the key for them is definitely to you know boost morale, keep this energy going that they have. You know, they have a great new young manager, but I think they also need to retain assets. Um, like Steven said, and, and like you said, Paul, um, going into January, you can't see Emmerich Aubameyang leaving um, or even Lacazette. Um, I think that they finish either 7th seventh, seventh or 8th, to be honest. But I think once given a full preseason under Arteta, the next year you come back a lot stronger and you're really fighting for a top four. If you can hold on to that. Path. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the big things. But. Um, well, that covers our top six teams or our top focus teams. Um, let's move on to the other uh, other squads in, in the league. Wolves currently sitting seventh. Um, over the holidays, we saw them play Norwich City and Liverpool. They had a win against Norwich, a win against City, and then a loss against Liverpool. Um, Stephen, I'll put this one to you. Can they crack the top four? I think they can. Um, it's it, it, for me again. It's just, it's going to be it's going to come down to what does Chelsea and United do in the in the transfer window and and Tottenham. You know, if, if they're able to strengthen and get more depth, that might put them over the edge of Wolves right now. But I love Wolves starting lineup. They play so hard. Uh, yep. I just I just think yeah. that the, at the end of the day, because they're still in Europa as well, and they could win that tournament easily. <laughs> Um, so I, mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to have the depth to, to really see it out. So, um, I think maybe in that fifth or sixth spot and, and still be in Europe. Yeah. I think they've earned a, a Europa league spot for sure. I would love to see them back there, but, um, but Paul Sheffield, uh, currently sitting eighth over the holiday break for us. We saw them play Brighton, Watford and city. They beat Brighton. They drew Watford and then they lost to city. Um, do you think they kind of stay in that eighth position or can they move up a bit like Wolves? You know, they've been a fun team, just like Wolves playing really hard every, every time they, they go out there and the game's coming fast and furious. They're starting to trip up a little bit. And, um, I think just because of the team's, uh, behind them, they're they're a better team in my opinion than a lot of the teams behind them. They'll be able to stay in eighth, ninth, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. I think they're definitely better than those other mid-table squads, um, like Crystal Palace, our next team. Uh, they had they played against Newcastle, West Ham, and Southampton over the uh, holiday period. They lost to Newcastle. They beat West Ham, and then they drew Southampton. They're currently sitting ninth. Um, I'll take this one. I think that. You know, Wilfred Zaha, I think he's been begging to leave Palace uh, a year or two ago. He signed a new contract. But um, I think that was just because, you know, he, he knew he wasn't going to get out of there. So he, he just wanted some more money. But, um, you know, Chelsea's chomping at the bit. You could see them uh, possibly signing him. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he'd be a great, great addition to that team. Maybe not as good as Jaden Sancho, obviously, due to age. And, you know, Sancho is just a – one of maybe one of those generational talents that I was talking about earlier, but um, no, Zaha it would be great for a squad like Chelsea or or even like a Man United or somebody like that. So um, I think Palace kind of stay in this position similar to Sheffield. They, you know they're tough to score against, um, but you know maybe if if they lose Zaha, you could see them drop off a little bit. But no question, will they'll, they'll stay out of relegation. But um, but Stephen Everton over the holiday break they played against Arsenal, Burnley, and Newcastle. They drew against Arsenal, and then they beat Burnley, and they beat Newcastle. Um, they're currently 10th, and we saw a new manager come in. Yep, and uh, they haven't missed a beat uh, with him coming in. They're still playing like they're playing under my man Dunk. Um, <laughs> they can completely have turned it around since, since the change. Um, you know, it's been really cool to see because their, their bigger names are starting to play like it. Calvert Lewin has had a had a hell of a week. I think he had three or four goals uh, on his tally, um, and it's really mm-hmm. good. To, it's really good to see Everton kind of. Uh, if you're an Everton fan, you know, good to see them kind of back where they where they should be. You no, know, they're always that team that's kind of like where Wolves are right now. They're always they're not quite in that top six, but they're kind of better than everyone else. So it's it's going to be nice now with Ancelotti at the helm to see if they can have a strong second half and make this mid table even more competitive than it already is. 
Yeah, uh, it's just definitely going to be interesting to see with Ancelotti at the helm. Um, a good, a good couple weeks to bet on them. They they were underdogs surprisingly and uh, won both games. Yeah, Steven, I think you had them as the upset of the week last week. Uh, yeah, I, I took them. Uh, I took them to beat Arsenal. They ended up coming out with a draw. Um, so I'll still take that. That's I mean, a push. It seems, yeah. yeah, it seems like every time I go with every time they push. So I'm gonna make a note of that for future. Um, Paul, Newcastle played against Palace, United, Everton. They had a win against Palace, and they lost United, lost to Everton, currently sitting 11th. Yeah, I think that's about right for them. Um, they they were in some good form uh, right before the Palace game and obviously beat Palace as well. That's a good win for them. But United, that's a tough game. Everton with the new manager, that's a tough game. So I think they're about right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Burnley over the holiday season, we saw play Bournemouth, Everton, United. We had a win against Bournemouth, lost to Everton, lost to United, currently sitting 13th. Uh, I'm a little surprised. I thought Burnley would be in the top half of the table. Uh, We did say that it was – it's very congested at the moment, so one win and a couple losses from some other teams will likely see them get bumped up. But – I expect a little more out of Ginger Mourinho. You know, he got him to the Europa League a couple of seasons ago, um, and I don't want to see them drop off. I like having Burnley in the league. Um, but moving on to Brighton, Stephen, they, they played Sheffield, Spurs, Bournemouth. We saw a loss against Sheffield, lost to Spurs, a win against Bournemouth. They're 14th. Um, I think they've kind of dropped off a bit. They have a little bit. Um, they did bounce back nice, though, um, in, their, in their last game against Bournemouth. Um, Mori had a hell of a goal, actually, in, in that mm. game. That was that was a cracker. I love that one. Um, but again, no, I think they're kind of they're they've reminded me a lot of just kind of Burnley this season. You know, both those teams kind of just fluctuating up and down the table, playing mostly playing everybody pretty tough. So it's going to be interesting to see where both those teams end up. Yep. And then uh, Paul Southampton, they had Villa, Chelsea, Palace. We saw a win against Villa, win against Chelsea, and then a draw against Palace. Currently sitting fifteenth out of relegation. Danny Ings. That's right. That's right. Our boy Danny Ings, 12 goals on the season. Um, we expect them to stay up. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they're a relegation team, and I expect them to continue with some good form here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll take Bournemouth. Um, they played against Bourne, uh, Burnley, Palace, Leicester over the break. Um, we saw them lose against Burnley. I'm sorry, they played Burnley, Arsenal, and Brighton. Uh, we saw them lose against Burnley. They drew Arsenal, and then they lost against Brighton. They're currently sitting 16th. Uh, I think it's time for Eddie Howe to get out of there. Um, they've really struggled recently. They don't look themselves. I know they have some injuries, but they just don't look the team that they were last year and the year prior. I think Eddie Howe needs to find a new, um, new you know, team to join. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But West Ham... Uh, Steven, they played against Liverpool. Actually, they did not play against Liverpool. That is postponed until, I think, January or February. They did play against Palace and Leicester, where they saw a loss and a loss. Um, they're 17th. Pellegrini sacked, and Moyes is in. Yep, Moyes is, Moyes is uh, back for a second stand to try to keep West Ham up again. Um, I think it's a good move for them. Uh, Moyes is the guy, is a you know Premier League experienced guy. Um, I was talking earlier uh, this season. I thought Everton should have brought him back, so I think he'll do pretty good for West Ham. You know, he he's familiar with that city, knows how they how they like to play. Um, I think he, he uh, they will keep him up. And uh, Pellegrini did have to go though. It was time. It was definitely time. Uh, Paul Aston Villa played against Southampton, Norwich, Watford. They lost to Southampton. They've won against Norwich, and then they drew against Watford. Um, 18th, they're in relegation. Is it time for Grealish to get out of there? He needs to go. This team is going to get relegated, and Grealish, he's showing it uh, more recently than the beginning of the season. Top talent, he can join a, a, a big team and do well. So I'd like to see I agree. It. I think he'd fit right in. Um Watford played against United, Sheffield, and Villa. They beat United. They drew Sheffield, and they uh, beat Villa. They're currently 19th. They were bottom table, but ever since Nigel Pearson has come in, we've seen them bounce back a bit, especially with that win against United. Um, I think these guys get out of get out of uh, relegation. I could see a team like West Ham 
dare I say, even Bournemouth drop in there. Um, I, I mean, I like Watford. I've always liked them uh, in past seasons. They've yeah. always been kind of mid-table, um, and I would love to see them get back there. But finally, Stephen, Norwich, bottom of the table. They played Wolves, Villa, and Spurs. They lost to Wolves, lost to Villa, and then drew against Spurs. Uh, they're currently 20th. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I loved this team at the beginning of the season. I, th- I, I thought for sure they were going to yeah. stay up. So I, I'm a little bit disappointed. And I think they've just have, have been a bit unlucky and just haven't gotten the results when they've played well. Um, what I like about them is that they do like to play their brand of football regardless of who they're playing. No, they like to go out and attack yeah. and, and, and get out front, and especially with guys like our man Pookie. Okay. And, then, uh, and then Cantwell in the midfield. Uh, he's playing He's playing great this season as well. So, Stud. Um, yeah, so I think ultimately they, they, they kind great of – <laughs> Great hair. Great hair. <laughs> but, yeah, a little bit disappointing. But um, we'll see if they can do something in the second half. I doubt it, though. Well, that rounds up the uh, yeah. the holiday the holiday break for us, not for the the Premier League players or the teams. But um, let's do a quick preview of of Wednesday and Thursday's games. I'll take the first one. We have Brighton at home to Chelsea. I think that this is going to be a tough one for Chelsea, as has been uh, some other games uh, the past three games. But I think they end up with the result. I'm going to go uh, two to one Chelsea. Stephen. Then we have Burnley against Aston Villa. Yep, uh, I'm going to take Burnley in this one. Um, result of 2-0. Um, love them at home. You know, I, I, Villa was another team I really enjoyed watching too, but they've kind of just haven't been up to snuff uh, the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to take Burnley 2-0. Yeah, they have no attack, unless it's, uh-huh. unless it's Jack Grealish. But yep. Paul, Newcastle against Leicester City. This is a tough one to call. Um, Newcastle. Decent side, but the way they looked against Man U, you just can't pick them to beat Leicester or really manage a result. I'm taking Leicester 2-0. Nil. 2-0 nil Leicester for Paul. Um, next, we have Southampton at home to Spurs. I think Josie gets back in the right foot here. Um, I know Southampton has been playing well. They have impressed us, and you know Danny Ings is in form, but I think Spurs are going to be too much to handle. I think Harry Kane probably gets a goal. Um, it might just, I think it might just be one, nothing here. Okay. Uh, Steven Watford at home to wolves. Yeah. Watford wolves. I'm going to go two to one wolves on the road. Um, they're just they're the superior team, but Watford has been playing much better as of late. So I think they'll get one. Um, I thought it was interesting that the game against, um, game against Liverpool for wolves. That was only the second time all season that they were shut out. Oh, good stat there. Mm. Uh, Paul, City against Everton. City is at home. Ancelotti against Pep. This is going to be a fun one. I know somebody's got it as their upset of the week. Um, I could easily see Everton getting a result, but I think Pep is going to be up for this one, and City is going to win 2 0. Wow, City with a clean sheet for Paul. Um, Norwich at home to Palace. I think that my boy Pookie gets on the score sheet. Um, but at the end of the day, they can't keep the clean sheet. It's going to be 1-1 Norwich. Uh, Steven, West Ham at home to Bournemouth. Okay, so this game here, I'm going to go 2-2 draw. Um, you know, I think West Ham's going to um, you know, play with a little bit of um, you know, pep to their step with Moyes back in there. Um, but I do think that Bournemouth has a has a little bit of a better squad, um, especially if Josh King is, is out there too. So I'm going to take a 2-2 draw. Okay. Um, this one I'll give to all of us. Arsenal at, or at home to Manchester United. This is our game of the week. Um, Paul, let's start with you. Who you got here? Man, this is going to be a fun one too. Um, I'm going to go with a draw. 1-1 draw. 1-1 one, one draw for Paul. Steven? I'm going to go 2-1 to one United. 2-1 to one United. I'm going 2-1 to one Arsenal. 2-1 to one Arsenal. So all different results there. Um, and then finally, Liverpool at home to Sheffield. I mean, these guys, they didn't lose once at Anfield all season in 2019. I don't think they start in January against Sheffield. I think we see 3-0 um, Liverpool like it good pick um and finally let's round it off with our fantasy picks of the week and the upsets of the week 
I'll start with the upset of the week. As I just said, I'm taking Arsenal over Man United, uh, two to one. Steven. Um, all right. So I know we we talked about the uh, upsets of the week. So I'm going to go Brighton at home over Chelsea, one zero. Ouch. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul. What do you got? I'm going with Sheffield. Maybe not with a win, but at least a draw with Liverpool. That's fair. I just, I, it's you guys are overdue. <laughs> Long overdue. Yeah, we definitely. Sheffield, are. Sheffield plays well on the road too, so uh, we'll see. Yep. All right, and finally, fantasy players of the week. Paul, why don't you continue it and uh, give us your pick? Harry Kane for Spurs. I think Jose and Spurs are going to be out to prove a point against Southampton. Uh, Harry Kane, at least a goal for me this week. All right, Steven. So uh, the last time we we potted, I gave you Mason Mason Greenwood, who did a whole lot of nothing uh, in the game that I predicted him. So I'm going to go with his teammate, Marcus Rashford. I think he's going to cause a lot of problems for the Arsenal center backs. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Um, I've been really hot with my fantasy picks of the week, and I'm going to continue that this week, I think. Um, Arsenal at Man United is my upset of the week, so I'm going with my man Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think he makes Harry Maguire look like a fool, and ultimately David De Gea as well. Um, he might get a goal, maybe two, maybe an assist. We'll see. But uh, he's my fantasy player of the week. But, uh, yeah, that rounds us off here for our, our holiday edition, um, our recap of the holiday break. Um, I'm your host, Andrew Scanlon. Uh, Steven, anything to add before we, before we get out of here? No, I know. Everyone out there, enjoy your new year. We'll, we'll see you all in 2020. That's right. Up the chest. Five star. Five star. Yep. Give us five stars. You know we earned it. Thanks very much.